I know some people may have come in after the announcement, so I just wanted to say if you're here for the first time, I um, want to give you a special welcome. And inside your bulletin, there's a, a connect card or a welcome card if you would like to fill that out and take it to the Welcome Center. It's right over here when you first came in. It's right over here behind this wall. And just kind of put it there, um, and we'll give you a special gift from the church. It's so great to have you all here this morning. Um, we are continuing a series this morning called, Do You See What I See? And um, I remember a time in my life where I was, I was kind of struggling. I was looking around at all the injustice and all the evil and doing, you know, passionately doing everything I could to try to, to make a difference, to impact people's lives, to, to try to get involved. And, and at one point I was like to the Lord, Lord, do you see what I see? I was frustrated. I was, I was a little bit angry. I'm, I'm trying my best. And I'm like, Lord, do, do, are you seeing what I'm seeing? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul writes, In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. During that time in my life, I was really, I'm just being honest, I was more frustrated than I was thankful. I looked around, things weren't going the way I think they should go, and I was more frustrated than I was thankful. But Paul's message here is really clear. Give thanks in everything. In everything. You notice how, I mean, when you truly look into the word of God, you realize how, how it's, it's something that we're going to be striving for for the rest of our lives. Because God doesn't give us an out. He says, give thanks in everything. Now, the Greek words in everything is empante. And it means in connection with, in connection with um, everything that is happening, connection with everything that occurs. So in connection with everything that occurs in your life, give thanks. That's what it's saying. In a connection with everything that's going on in your life, give thanks. Now, I know there are a lot of people here today, maybe for the very first time you come to church or whatever, and you're thinking to yourself, eh... I'm not really sure. I'm not. I'm not really sure about this. I, I'm actually very frustrated about what I see happening in the world in a lot of different places. Okay, and I, I can think of a lot of things right now. You're thinking to yourself that I'm not thankful for. And if God could just see what I see, He would realize why. He would understand why. Now. I truly understand what you're saying. I said in the very beginning, there was a time in my life where I was a little frustrated and even a little bit angry and saying, God, are you, are you actually saying like Habakkuk, you know, why do you make me look upon these things? Do you see what I see? I understand that, but I, I, I really, I, I would love it if you would open up your mind and you would open up your heart to a God who can invade the most challenging circumstances of your life and turn them into something that will truly impact, benefit, and impact your life. Uh, there, we, we worship a God who can invade our greatest challenges and use them to impact our lives for good. That is so important for us to understand. Now, I am not saying that the things that may have happened in your life are good. I think a lot of them are evil. But God is good and you are loved. 
And God is going to impact your life. He can use those things. God is good. You are loved. And here's the reality. God, because God is good and you are loved, he will not let evil have the last word in your life. The Bible says that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. And if we let him, if we allow him, he will have the last word in our lives. Some of us grew up in, in, in difficult circumstances. All of us, if you're over a certain age, have had struggles, trials, whatever it is in your life. But if we allow him, remember, this is what it says. Listen, Jesus is the author and perfecter of my faith. So if my life is a book, then I have an author. And Jesus is the author and perfecter of my faith. That means if I allow him, he will have the last word. He writes the last chapter, not anyone else. Not what you've been through, not, the, not even things that you brought upon yourself. If you allow him, Jesus Christ will have the last word in your life. But here's, here's the thing. It starts with obedience and trust. It starts with having a trust and obedience in God. No matter, no matter what the challenge may be, give thanks in advance. Hear, hear what I'm saying. You pray, you say, oh God, please help me overcome this, or God, please work on this, or whatever. Give God the praise, give God the thanks in advance for what you know He's going to do. Sometimes we pray, and I, I, when I pray, I thank him in advance for what I know he's going to do in my life. Now, is he going to answer my prayer exactly the way I want him to? No, he's God. I'm obedient to my God. I trust my God has the answer. He, I trust my God will bring about, he will, he will perfect my faith. But we have to thank God in advance for what we know Trust what we know he's going to do. I love this quote by H.U. Westermeyer. The pilgrims made seven times more graves than huts. No Americans have been more impoverished than these who nevertheless set aside a day of thanksgiving. They made more graves than they made homes for themselves. But they set aside a time of thanksgiving. Why, why is this, why is being thankful so important? Because thankfulness is at the, is at the very heart. It's at the very core of living a victorious life. Do you want to live a victorious life? Then having a thankful heart is at the very core of living a, a victorious life. It is, it is, it is the very essence of a Christian life. You cannot live a biblical life. You cannot live a Christian life without being thankful, without knowing that your God is the author and perfecter of your faith. And regardless of the circumstances, he will turn things around. And here's the other thing. Being, being ungrateful, being unthankful is the very essence of unbelief and also of a disappointing, discouraging life. And un, how many people do you know, seriously, who walk around with a, a thankless attitude? They're always complaining about something. It's never thankful for anything they have. It's always they want more. They should have more. Why me? All, name me one person who has that kind of thankless attitude, okay? 
and is a, you would consider has joy, peace, contentment, happiness in their lives. I never met one. Thankfulness is at the core of living a victorious life. I don't, and regardless of what we've been through, we can still live a victorious life. And the overarching principle that sets all of this in place is Romans 8, 28. It says, and we know that in all things, did he say some things, a few things, good things? No, he says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And who have been called according to his purpose. We can be thankful because God will take any situation in our lives and turn it into something that can be used for our benefit. Whether it is circumstances, whether it's people, God can turn anything that anyone does to us, we do to ourselves. Anything the world throws at us, anything that happens in our lives, God can turn that and use it to our benefit. God works all things for good all things bad things yes he can take all things and work them to our good so we can be thankful for his redeeming power we can be thankful if you will for his restoring power i'm reading a book called the cross and the lynching tree by james cone martin luther king says this at times life is hard As hard as a crucible steel, it has its bleak and painful moments. Like the ever-flowing waters of a river, life has its moments of drought and its moments of flood. Like the ever-changing cycle of the seasons, life has the soothing warmth of the summer and the chilling, the piercing chills of its winters. But through it all, God walks with us. Never forget that God is able to lift you from fatigue and despair to the buoyancy of hope and transform dark and desolate valleys into sunlit paths of inner peace. We can be thankful for God's redeeming and restoring power. So it's processing through what else, what else should we be thankful for? We should be thankful for the people that God has placed in our lives. We're coming up to Thanksgiving, right? Gonna have people over. Some of you are like, oh man, you need to ruin my day now reminding me who's coming over, right? But there are a lot of people that are in our lives who've impacted us in such a positive way. Have you ever wondered why you are where you are? You ever thought about that? A lot of times we as Americans, we're so individualistic, and I'm not going to criticize whatever. I'm just saying that we, I don't think we sometimes take a step back and realize why we are where we are in life. If we're honest, we have to admit that much of our success is based upon the, the people that God has placed in our lives. Much, I'm not saying all, I'm saying much of our success is based upon the people that God has placed around us. Those people who have, in, who have invested in our lives. I'm talking about parents and coaches and teachers and friends and family. Those people that have come around us and invested in our lives to make us better people. And I honestly don't think that we, in general, 
take the time to reflect on, to really reflect on and give thanks for those and to those God has placed in our lives to impact our lives. We don't take the time to step back and, and literally, I mean, it's so, isn't it so easy for negative things to just come out of our mouths, right? That's just natural for us to be critical or negative or whatever. But it's difficult for us to step back and reflect, right? We talked last week about self-reflection. Well, when I self-reflect, I realize I am what I am where I am because of other people that God has put in my life. All you, all of you, so many of you. God has put you in my life and we are where we are as a church. I am where I am as a person because of the people that God has placed in my life. The Bible tells us to thank God in everything, to give God thanks in everything. And, and to give, and, and, and part of the reason he's saying to give thanks in, in, in everything is, is because if we don't do that, we're not going to recognize, we're not going to recognize him and we're not going to be thankful and recognize the people around us. We should, if, if God's saying be thankful in everything, then we should recognize the people around us and go to them and make sure that we're being thankful and that we take the time to thank God for the way those people impacted our lives and to let them know to say, I want to let you know. I want to say to you, this is how you've, this is how God has used you to impact my life. If it wasn't for you, if you didn't intervene at that time in history, in my life, I wouldn't be where I am today. We have to have that kind of attitude. We have to have that kind of attitude. I've often reflected on my life, and I've shared this with you guys before, but I've often reflected on, on, on my life growing up in the challenging environment that I had in New York and that apartment complex that I had in New York and watching so many of my friends who struggled, really struggled through the challenge they faced in their lives, and some of them not even making it, some of them not making it through life. They didn't, they, they died. And I started thinking to myself, what was, what was the difference? Why did so many of them fail and then others, in my, I'll just use my case, why was it that I was able to overcome and be in the position that I am in now? And I realized it is the people that God, has placed, that God placed around me at different points in my life to help me get to where I am today. I had, the, I had a lot of friends, okay, really difficult backgrounds. But I remember I had the support of my family. Not all, but I had some family members. I had the support of my family. Growing up in the apartments, I remember that a very only two people in that apartment complex, and there was a lot of people there, only two of us had fathers. Only two of us. And the two who had fathers, these guys were awful. Okay, They were alcoholic and they were abusive. They were alcoholics and they were very abusive. So the only two examples we had were two people who were basically awful human beings. The interesting thing about it is we never discussed it. I mean, I grew up with a lot of these people, grew up through like fifth or sixth grade all the way through, in in some cases, college. But we never discussed it. Everyone knew that everyone else was missing a father, but no one, I don't even know why. It was a divorce, whether your father died. We just never, I don't know, we never really talked about it. I remember talking to my friend Patty, um, who was the first one to bring me to church. 
And we talked after 33 years. We were separated. We didn't get, we hadn't contacted each other for 33 years. And the first question she asked me was, um, were your parents divorced? Because I don't remember your dad. And I'm thinking to myself, that is fascinating. I knew her from fifth grade through college. And the first question she asks me is, were your parents divorced? I don't remember. I don't remember your dad. We didn't talk about it. Wasn't something we went through. We all knew the dads were missing, but we didn't ask about it. But I believe, honestly, I think about all those people. I think about like some of them had mo- no one except for two had fathers. Obviously, everybody had a mom or someone who was raising them. Um, and most of the people who were raising my friends were were not the best parents at all. I remember literally walking into this, not a lot of kids here, but I remember walking into, I'd go into the, their apartment, open it up, and their mother would be on a pullout couch with whoever she brought home that night. Hey, you know, under the wave, kind of walk right by, go into the room. We thought nothing of it. These weren't, and I think to myself, the reason I ended up the way I, and I the reason I made it through high school, okay, was because of, I would, I thought to myself, I would be a statistic, and the reason I'm not a statistic is because of my mom, because of my aunt and uncle, my aunt Blanche and Uncle Bill, and my cousins Donna and Will. That they're, they were the prime reason, as I look back on my life, God placed those people in my life. I had a core of people who cared. I had a, peop, a core of people who God placed in my life that loved me. And even though I was missing a dad, even though I was missing other people in my life, or even people that were in my life or more weren't the greatest examples, I had at least those people that impacted my life. First Thessalonians 5, 8 says, give thanks in everything. Give thanks. Who in your life, think about this now, who in your life has made a positive impact? Who in your life has made a positive impact? And then you ask yourself, have I ever told them? Have I ever, have I ever told them, have I ever thanked them? And have I ever thanked God for them? Have I ever taken the time? Now you can think of someone in your life, and that teacher, that person, that coach, that, that other, your mom or your dad or an aunt or an uncle or a friend or someone, have, who, who are they? Have you ever thanked them? Have you ever told them how, what an impact they made on your life? You're thinking back and you're reflecting in your life and saying, you know, I would have not have made it. I would not have made it if it wasn't for your impact in my life. Harvey McKay wrote this. None of us got to where we are alone. Whether the assistance we received was obvious or subtle, acknowledging someone's help is a big part of understanding the importance of saying thank you. Have you ever thought about why you were able to overcome what you were able to overcome when the people around you couldn't? Some of you came out of some tough backgrounds. Why is it that you were able to overcome what those around you could not overcome? Even the people in my life, early in my life, my friends, even though some, most of them made it, um, because of Facebook, I've reconnected with a lot of these folks. And their life stories up to this point, in some way, is a horror show. It's awful. I, it breaks my heart as a pastor now, wanting to go back. Thank, it's amazing how many of them have given their lives to Christ. Amazing. 
But have you ever sat back and said to yourself, how did I, how was I able to overcome this adversity when so many around me couldn't? The Bible says, give thanks in everything. And that includes the people in your life. Now, I'll give you some examples of why we should be real thankful. Um, remember those long car rides that you would take with your mom and dad? Right? You go on these long car rides with your mom and dad. And what would you ask about every three minutes? Are we there yet? Right? Are we there yet? Right? Are we there yet? And it was like, and it was like, all right, uh, and I, I learned as a youth pastor, we've been a trip, we'd be driving from here to Mexico in a bus and every 15, 20, hey, are we, how close are we? Are we there yet? How close? We just left like an hour ago. We're going to Mexico. Look at a map. And what I started saying was, I said this to my kids, said to everybody, good half hour. It didn't matter if we were 25 hours away or if we were 10 minutes away. I'd say to everyone, good half hour. Yeah. Good half hour. After a while, people just stop asking me. They're just like, don't you ask Because, hey, good half hour. Yeah. I drove them crazy with a good half hour because they drove me crazy with, you know, this is a song that never ends. I almost left a kid on 75, okay? Almost lost my job as a youth pastor because I sincerely, I'm not joking. I was like, how much trouble would I get in if I just pushed him out of the van and left him on the side of the road? He's oh he's a high schooler. He has flaking walk. You know what I mean? But you're on these road trips. It's like, oh, are we there yet? And then I have to just, I have to bring this up. Okay. The stops at McDonald's. All right. You go to McDonald's with your family and they don't know what they want. It's McDonald's. Okay. The menu hasn't changed in like 50 years. Oh, they have the McRib every once in a while, but it's like it's there. It's the same thing. And they can't make up their mind with what they want. And then everyone decides all at once and they start firing their orders at you when, because you're always the one, right? Rolling the window down. Can I take your order? Yes. And you, they start, well, I change it. And they change and they go around and you can't figure it out. And you're trying so hard to get it right. But how can you get it right when people are ordering things like a uh, hamburger with no, no bun and extra pickles? Um, a Big Mac, but um, I want light onions, no ketchup, two thinly sliced pieces of cheese, no special sauce. Ooh, ask them to pick the sesame seeds off the bun. And then it's like, oh, no, 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 no. I want the filet fish sandwich. After you said all that, and it's like, and then they're like, oh, they never get it right. They never get it right because you drove them. And like, they can't even keep up with this. Recently, it's like the next generation. I thought I was done. And then we had grandkids. And I'm in the car recently, about a couple months ago with the grandkids. And they start taking, they start rattling out. Their, everybody got one? Yes, they know what they want. And they start, and they start giving me the orders. And I just try to hear what they're saying and just repeat directly back to the person what they're saying. But then they change the orders around a little bit. And so they were asking, oh, no, I want fries. And said, no, he's got it. I'd rather have his thing. And here's the frustrating thing, too, if you work at McDonald's, okay? If I'm in a car with 17 grandchildren, okay, don't ask me, is that all? Are you, is that it? Is that, I'm, I'm halfway through a hamburger. Is that all? No, it's not all. I will tell you when it's all. I have a group of people in the car all screaming at me. And now you keep saying, is that all? Is that it? Are you done? Is that all? Is that it? Are you done? No, I'm not. I'm going to come in there and I will. So I started, 
I started to uh, get a little frustrated with my Greg. I, I was I was more frustrated at her, and I hear from the back seat, <laughs> Kaylee from the back seat whispers to one of the other kids, "Has Pops ever done this before?" <laughs> I don't think Pops knows what he's doing up there. Has he ever done this before? I'm like, I'm just like, I, I give up. I give up. Because you drive away. And one last thing, okay? What is with these... Remember, I don't know about you, but they, they give you a, a silo of Coke, right? And then you're so frustrated that you had to sit there for so long and you're so exasperated, you just hit the gas and turn. The silo Coke spills in your car and everyone's floating around the back with all the cup. It's like, get it. It doesn't fit into the cup holder. All right, moving on. We need to thank our parents that they survived us, okay? We... We need to thank our parents. They survived us. We need to, we need to thank them for doing the best job they possibly could. Unless, a little side note, unless they were abusive situation, then you just thank God that you survived the situation. All right. Next. The, the biggest reason, the, the biggest reason for why I was able to overcome my circumstances, the biggest reason was because I had Jesus Christ in my life. I am thankful because the, the only way I'd survive those McDonald's trips is that, no, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> God, give me patience. No, because I had Jesus Christ in my life. I'm going to use Hebrews as we close out here. Um, I'm going to use Hebrews 13, verses 5, verses 6, and verse 8, okay? And I want to share three ways that God saved me and three reasons why he deserves my thanks. Three ways that he saved me, okay, and three reasons why he deserves my thanks. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it says, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I am thankful for his constant presence in my life. I, I am thankful. You know what? Even before I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I am thankful for his constant presence in my life, regardless of where the road of life may take us, regardless of what obstacles and mountains that people put in your way, regardless, God will walk you every step of the way. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will walk you through it. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, it says, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Listen, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In Isaiah 41, verse 10, it says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So I am thankful for God's constant presence in my life. And then Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 6, it continues. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? What can men or women, what can mere mortals do to me? Next, I'm thankful because God never, his, because of his never ending assistance in my life. His never ending assistance in my wife, life. The word helper, okay, comes from a word that means to run. 
When it says that God is my helper in verse 6, it means to run. The idea is that when you're in need, when I'm in need, our Lord runs to our aid. When you're in need, when I'm in need, God is there with us. Here's the thing. God is not an outside observer of our pain. He's a participant with us in our pain. God, when he sees, he runs to us. Our God, like the, like the, like the, like the prodigal son, the father ran to him. It's to run and give someone aid. John fourteen sixteen tells us that God is our comforter. He is our comforter. The word comforter in the Greek is the word paraclete. Okay? The word paraclete. And what that means is one who comes alongside of another to bring aid or comfort. Our God is a comforter. He comes around us. He brings us aid. He brings us comfort. He brings us assurance. He brings us whatever we need to overcome whatever it is that we're facing in our lives. When I was 17 years old, I was angry as you can be. I was angry. I had no idea where I was going in my life. None at all. And I was angry about life. I was angry. I was just, I've said this to you guys before, but my philosophy of life by the time I was 17, it was well thought out. I hate everyone I don't know and I hate most people I do know. And that was my philosophy of life. I was angry because of what, because of what had transpired the first 17 years of my life. And I, and my God, my God came and he saved me. I'm not just talking about spiritually saved me. He physically saved me. He, he stepped with me. He walked with me every step of the way. He showed me what my life could be like and would be like if I followed him. He saved me. He transformed me. He led me. He guided every step and I will be forever thankful. I will be forever. Th- I've told God a few years ago, you know, we like to make, uh, you know, deals with God. Oh, God, if you don't take my grandkids or God, make sure this doesn't happen. Or I'll, I'll make sure I go to church. I said to God, I'm your man. Whatever happens in life happens. I, I, I'm yours. I'm yours, period. End of story. I have no, there's nothing added to that. Whatever happens in my life, I am yours. I belong to you. I'm thankful that Christ is also the foundation of my life. You, you, you have to, under, in this culture, we better understand this one, guys. That Jesus Christ is the, God is the foundation of our lives. In Hebrews 13 and verse 8 it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am thankful, I am thankful that my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ never changes. When you live in a world of constant change, a world that is unstable, a world that is inconsistent. It is, I'm telling you, it is great to know. It is so good to know that you have a foundation. You have an anchor that never changes. God's word does not change. Culture will come along and they'll come up with new ways to sin. And then they'll want to make the Bible fit according to whatever they're doing. But I'm telling you, the Bible doesn't change. God's word doesn't change. Jesus Christ never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can have, we have as followers of Jesus Christ, that as a foundation. That as an anchor in our lives. I am not confused about my identity. I'm not confused about my purpose. I'm not confused about why I exist in this world. 
I'm not confused at all. Why? Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we have that as our anchor and our foundation. So as we close, I know it's been, it's kind of busy. It's a busy season, but I want to add a couple of things to your list. Okay. A couple of things. Number one, thank God for everything in your life, even the challenges. Let me ask you, just think about this. What has brought about, what has brought about the greatest successes or changes um, or transformations in your life? When have you grown the most in your life in almost every area? When things were peachy or when things were challenging? Just asking. If you're over a certain age, you know the answer to that. You may not have liked it when you're going through it. I'm not talking about abusive situations. I'm talking about challenging, just challenges in life. Okay, there are different categories for all what I'm talking about. But I'm just talking about general challenges. Anything. God can use any of those things. So what we want to do is be thankful. And Bible says in everything, even in the challenges. Two. Give the gift. Give the gift of thanks to the people who influenced your life, the people who impacted your life, the people who helped you to get to where you are right now. You can call them, you can write them, or you can do both. When you go home, even today, sometime this week, don't let it go. You're going to feel uncomfortable because you're not the emo, you don't want, ah, you're not the guy, you're not the, the mushy guy. You don't want to call uncle so-and-so knows what you, he knows how you feel. Baloney. He may know how you feel. Tell him anyway. Call him up and say, Uncle Joe, if it wasn't for you, I just want to let you know, if it wasn't for you, I would not be where I am today. It was, you were such a stabling force in my life. And I just, oh, I know, I know. No, I want to tell you this, and I want to thank you for that. Years ago, we talked about something similar, and I went home and I called my aunt. And my Aunt Blanche, when we were growing up, we would go to the Christmas at their house. They lived pretty close by. But they took us on vacation. They took us on vacation with them, or we would have never gone on vacation. My mom and I never. We didn't have the money. And at Christmas time, what she would do is make sure that I had the same amount of gifts under the tree as everyone else. Every single time. And you're a kid, but you recognize those kinds of things. I called her and I told her, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. Go home and call the people in your life who've impacted and influenced you and thank them and tell them why how they impacted your life. And number three, if you haven't done it already, if you haven't done it already, ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. I want you to bow your heads with me. Here's the reality. God loves you. He loves you. He created you. He designed you. He loves you. And he wants to walk with you. Not just, not just, he, not just a creation of God, but a child of God. He wants to adopt you into his family, but he leaves that choice up to us. He wants to walk with you. Everything we've talked about this morning hinges on a personal relationship with God. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. In Romans 3.23 it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why I am the most thankful. Because in the midst of my bitterness and my anger and my lashing out and whatever I was doing, in the midst of that, the Bible says that God loved me. 
The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's the position I was in. But then Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. The answer to being separated from God is Jesus Christ. In Romans 10.9, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you're anything like me, Obviously, spiritual salvation is the most important, but I'm going to tell you something. He not only saves you spiritually, he saves you in every area of your life. He restores, he renews, he redeems, he redeems every area of your life. If if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ... And you resonated with what I said this morning about having a God who walks with you every step of the way. You've been thinking about it. You've been processing through it, but you haven't made that decision. I want to encourage you this morning to make that decision, to go into these holidays with the greatest gift you could ever receive. God is holding out his hands and offering you the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. All you need to do is reach out and take that free gift. If you want to receive that gift, I just want to pray a simple prayer. The words of the prayer aren't aren't magic. It's really what you're feeling in your heart, what you're saying in your heart. But if if you want to have Christ come into your life and be the Lord of your life, and have a, 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 a personal relationship with a living God, just pray this simple prayer with me. Father, you can say it to yourself. You don't have to say it out loud. Father, thank you for loving me. And sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for me. Jesus, thank you that through the sacrifice, your sacrifice on the cross, I can have eternal life. I can have a do-over. My life can start fresh, new, this morning. Thank you that because of what you did, today can be my spiritual birthday. I can start all over again. All of the things that I've done in the past can be wiped clean. You tell me as far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed my sin from me. You have separated me from my sin. Father God, thank you that When I receive your son, Jesus, you no longer see my sin. You only see your son, Jesus Christ, and his blood that covers me. And because of that relationship, I am in perfect standing with you. I'm perfect in your eyes. God, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit. God, I pray that you would show me my purpose as you walk me through all of life's challenges. And you help me overcome all of my past challenges. God, I give you all the praise. I give you all the glory for what you are doing in my life right now. The supernatural power of 
of your son Jesus Christ is now flowing through my veins. And I thank you for that. With all your heads bowed, if, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I'm not going to put you on the spot and get, have you come up or anything, but if you prayed that prayer for the first time, if you could just, for me, okay, just raise your hand up just for a second. Amen. Amen. Father God, thank you for those who have committed their lives to you. God, I pray this would be, as we come up on a new year, a year of, of true renewal in their lives. I pray that you would help them overcome the challenges they face. And Lord God, I pray that you would help all of us take this passage to heart and that we would have your strength to give thanks in all circumstances. That you would give us your strength and that we would recognize that we worship a God who is the author and perfecter of our faith. A God who will help turn even the most difficult and challenging of circumstances into something that will be good and positive and uplifting in our lives. Because of your power to overcome everything in this world. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.